Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. So good to be with you. I've been out of town for a few days, and now my voice sounds like it. So, little hoarse, but I'm just fine. And glad to be with you on this most holy day of the Feast of the Ascension of our Lord. I know that the Church has moved it to Sunday. All our holy days of obligation move to Sunday. It's such a sadness to me that um, hardly everybody goes to church every Sunday and they never know what's happening. Um, It's just, um, I think it's a shame. That's what I think. So I tell you, growing up in my Jewish home, if all our holy days, um, our holy feasts were were changed to the Sabbath Saturday, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't know what's going on. We wouldn't have been the witness in the world that we were. Um, It's, but, so be it. God has allowed that to happen, and it has. But in any case, we celebrated Mass this morning of the Ascension of our Lord. And I won't be with you on Sunday because it's a weekend. So I'd like to read you a wonderful um, homily, a sermon of Pope St. Leo the Great on the Ascension of our Lord. And for those of you who um, celebrated it today, blessed be God, and everybody else will celebrate it on Sunday, and we will too because we, we go to Mass every Sunday, so we'll celebrate it twice. Pope St. Leo the Great wrote this. <clears throat> he lived in the 4th century. Um, this was written about 395, and um, he says, The days, O most beloved, between the Lord's resurrection and ascension did not pass by without bearing fruit. Instead, they confirmed great sacraments and revealed great mysteries. In those days, the fear of a cruel death were torn away from us, and the immortality not only of the soul, but also of the body was revealed. In those days, through the breath of the Lord, the apostles received the Holy Ghost, And the blessed Apostle Peter, after having been given the keys to the kingdom of the heavens, was put in charge of the shepherding of the flock of the Lord. In those days, the Lord joined as a companion the two disciples as they went on their way, and to dispel the fog of their uncertainty, reproached the tardiness of their frightened and intimidated selves. Their illuminated hearts then grieved the flame of faith. Moreover, those who were lukewarm upon hearing the Lord declare the scriptures became fervent. In this same manner, their eyes were opened when they sat at table and the Lord broke the bread. Much happier were the eyes of these men being able to contemplate the glorification of human nature in the Lord than those of our first parents who would have instead who have would have seen instead the confusion and mire of their own sin <clears throat> in the midst of this miracle and others we find the disciples trembling overtaken by fear in spite of the lord appearing to them and saying 
peace be with you. In order to distance from their thoughts the doubts that ensnared their hearts, they believed they were seeing a phantom, not a body. The Lord demonstrates the falsehood of such worries by placing before their eyes signs of the crucifixion on his hands and feet and invites them to touch them and examine them. uh, Excuse me. Let me read that sentence again. The Lord demonstrates the falsehood of such worries by placing before their eyes signs of the crucifixion on his hands and his feet and invites them to touch them and examine them attentively since to cure the wounds of those unbelieving hearts. The prints of the nails and the sword were designed so as to enable their belief, not with a doubting faith, but with a scientific certainty that the same nature that dwelt in the sepulcher was to be seated together with God the Father on in his throne. All this was provided by the providence of God during the time between the resurrection of the Lord and his ascension. O most beloved, all this was taught and penetrated the eyes and hearts of his own that they recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as having truly been resurrected, the same one who was born, suffered, and died. Hence the most blissful apostles and all the disciples who had been alarmed by his death on the cross and vacillated in their faith of the resurrection were reaffirmed by the clarity and light of the truth so that when the Lord rose, to the highest heights of the heavens, instead of experiencing sadness, they were filled with a great joy. And certainly there was motive for joy of an extraordinary dimension, infallible and real, upon seeing how, in the midst of that saintly multitude, human nature rose over the dignity of all essential creatures, elevating itself above the choir of angels and to greater heights Then the archangels, his exaltation having no limits, then received by his eternal father, his human nature became associated to the throne of the glory of the one whose nature was united with his son. Given that the ascension of Christ constitutes our own elevation, and the body has all the hope of one day being together with the head. For all this, let us rejoice, beloved, with worthy feelings of joy, and let us do so with pious thanksgiving. Today we have been given the grace to penetrate into the interior of the heavens with Christ, reaching the major realities by the grace of Christ that we had lost by the envy of the devil to those our first parents who the enemy cast out from their abode of happiness which was paradise the son of god making himself one of their own a human placed also their children us us adam the children of adam and eve he placed us at the right hand of the father with whom he lives and reigns in union with the holy spirit one god forever and ever amen That was St. Gregory, Pope St.
wasn't St. Gregory, Pope St. Leo the Great. How did I read I don't know. Pope St. Leo the Great. I thought I read Gregory. Pope St. Leo, my eyes deceived me. Pope St. Leo the Great. And I know that Pope Gregory has also, uh, one, as, as do the Church Fathers, wonderful, wonderful sermons, homilies on the ascension of our Lord. Have you ever thought, dear ones, that when Jesus, the night before he died, um, it was John 17, the high priestly prayer, he said, Father, I've completed um, everything you've given me to do. Um, restore me to the glory which I had with thee before the world began. He would go back up to the Father. He would ascend into the Father, but he wouldn't... Um, um, let me say, he wouldn't ascend uh, as he descended, that is, he descended as God, and through the Holy Spirit, through the Virgin Mary, he became man. He was not man through all eternity. He became man by the Virgin Mary, and when he ascended into heaven at the end of his earthly life, crucified by the people he came to save, he ascended into heaven body, blood, soul, and divinity in bodily form. That was the first time the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was in heaven, ever in heaven. God was in heaven. Jesus Christ was in heaven because he's God and he existed from all eternity. But he did not exist from all eternity as man. And he became man through the Virgin Mary without ceasing to be God. He wasn't 50-50. He was 100%, 100%. 100% God and 100% man. How can anybody be 200% of anything? If you're God, you can be. <laughs> Dear ones, uh, I'll just tell you, I we've been gone to take fresh phone calls and emails um, for a few days now, so I'm going to take your calls and your emails throughout the whole hour now. If you wish to call in with anything at all on your heart, it never needs to be our subject. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. I'm going to take an email from Emmy. Emmy writes, Dear Mother Miriam, it broke my heart when you said the SSPX is in schism. And I said that on May 19th, she says. Mother, respectfully, I reply, no, ma'am, they are not. (laughs) Emmy, um, I I, I pray you're right. I'll tell you why I said what I did. Um, And I will read also the rest of your email when we return from the break. Beloved, it's a perfect time to call in. Our phone lines are wide open. And our toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot, dot com and you can uh, text at the toll free number as well we'll be right back
Join Father Mark Noonan in praying the Litany of Humility. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, uh, again, I'm inviting you to call in or email with anything on that's on your heart or text this entire hour, one 877 5483 or email at mother at Just before the break, we begin an email from Emmy um, concerning the SSPX, the Society of um, St. Pius X. And Emmy says, <clears throat> I'll read the whole thing through. It broke my heart when you said the SSPX is in schism. And I said that on the 19th of May. Mother, respectfully, I reply, no, ma'am, they are not. Archbishop Snyder, well, you've just promoted him. He's not an archbishop, but he is Bishop Snyder, and we love him. Bishop Snyder addressed this topic two years ago, um, and she um, refers to his article with Taylor Marshall, to his interview with Taylor Marshall, Dr. Taylor Marshall. She says, I have also heard him discuss this on a few of the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima monthly videos. I would also refer you, Emmy says, to a recent video by Kennedy Hall where he breaks down the Vatican decrees on the SSPX. Mother, our SSPX priests recognize Pope Francis as the Pope and pray for him at every Mass. I do know that. How can you be called in schism and do this? 
I think perhaps the accusers have not attended an SSPX mass. Of course, modernists do not want the mass of the ages to multiply and are doing a great publicity campaign to try to squash it. It won't work. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Will you retract, Emmy says, will you retract your condemnation of SSPX? And uh, Emmy, I'm just going to insert here, it's not my condemnation. I have no right or power to condemn or position to condemn anybody. I was simply stating what I understood the church's position to be through um, he who was the highest um, um, prefect of the apostolic signature, the highest canon law of the church, uh, Cardinal Burke, who has insisted they are yet in schism. And I said that, that according to Cardinal Burke, they are yet in schism. And so I have um, uh, gone with Cardinal Burke's statement. I have no power, authority, or um, to retract, to condemn them. I don't want to condemn them. Uh, I wish they would not be in schism. Um, she continues, at the very least, you could say you don't know, as you did, regarding the recent consecration of Russia. Well, consecration of Russia is quite another thing um, than the matter of the SSPX Emmy. Um, but I will say at this point, uh, I don't know Cardinal Burke's final last statement, um, but he is a um, uh, car- he is a canon lawyer. He's extraordinarily specific, specific and knowledgeable, and I, I'm not going to go against what he says is correct according to canon law. Uh, those others you've mentioned are not do not have the status of card. I love. Uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder. Um, we've also talked about the SSPX, um, and I, I know his stance on that. Um, but again, uh, Cardinal Burke stands as a uh, higher authority of canon law. I'll continue Emmy's uh, email here. She says, I am a faithful listener and supporter of you and Station of the Cross. But this may be our goodbye to both my listening and financial support, my dear Mother Miriam. I would sooner say Vatican II is in schism with the true Roman Catholic Church than the SSPX, who have not allowed the smoke of Satan into their sanctuaries. I do hope you respond on air to this email with love and gratitude, Emmy. Emmy, dear one, my heart is with you. I can repeat my heart is with you. I would sooner say Vatican II is in schism with the true Roman Catholic Church than the SSPX. That's your statement, and I, my heart is with you on that. But I cannot fully agree or condemn what I don't know as a lay person in the church. I simply do not know. Um, you're asking me to say I don't know, as I did with concerning the validity of the consecration to Russia, I could really say I don't know there. Here, um, I do know that many love the SSPX. The smoke of Satan um, was not allowed to enter the SSPX, but if you follow them today, they are in enormous trouble um, in many ways. However, um, I... I would run to an SSPX mass in church if uh, you could show me, dear one, uh, someone who says they're not in schism. 
I found that has a position of saying so from the Vatican. Again, I don't condemn anyone. I can't. I'm ignorant. I don't know these things, but I rely on those who do. And as of, let me see what this is now. Um, as of last year, um, May 2021, Cardinal Raymond Burke, speaking in an interview with um, in the Matt Frad and the Pints with Aquinas a podcast, he said that the Society of St. Pius X at the present moment, that's last year, as of May 2021, um, the Society of St. Pius X um, are not part of the one Roman Catholic Church throughout the world and have adopted a schismatic position. Now, um, they will not agree with certain things of Vatican II, and um, I, 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 some, I simply can't blame them for not agreeing with certain things. Um, I cannot determine because of that whether they're in schism or not. It breaks my heart that they would be in schism. Um, uh, I, I will say, well, I, I better not say more than that. I don't know, but I do. Uh, I did find um, a website which I'm not going to read because uh, on the air because I haven't read it personally, but I'm going to reread it. I'm going to read it. It's one Peter five. Um, on the SSPX in Schism, and it's from this year, February 2022, by Ron Conti. So I will read that, and I, I know that I won't be able to read it through today. It's quite a lengthy article, and get back to you on this during the week after reading that article, because it prints the, um, it says regarding the SSPX, Salsa is clearly correct in Flanders. Well, names of people that have been writing. Um, apparently, they have posted the official position of the Apostolic See on the SSPX. And I, um, I'm, I'm looking on the site Ron Conte, R-O-N-C-O-N-T-E dot com. Um, you might be able to find it on your own. I'm going to read it through today and then um, be able to report on it tomorrow or Monday. Okay, so uh, my dear um, Emmy, um, I know that many do not think they're in schism. Many people who I love and admire do not think they're in schism. Uh, I've heard so many different opinions, as you probably have yourself. Um, If I say they are in schism, I would never say that without quoting Cardinal Burke as my only reason for taking that stand no other reason but cardinal raymond burke and so um i will further read um again the article on ronconti.com and get back to you more during the week god bless you emmy i love your heart um and i my heart agrees with it with yours but we 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 can't live on emotions or what we think we have to live on the official statement of the church. Um, we do have a call from John in Kentucky. Hello, John. Good morning, Mother. How are you? Hi. I'm great, John. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You Good. know, I'm, I'm an older Catholic, and um, 
of course, you you weren't in the Catholic Church all your life, that's, and that's for sure. And, and I, I I get really so tired of hearing the SSPX at all. All the Latin Mass only people, et cetera, et cetera. They always exclaim, or many of them do, that if we go back to the Latin Mass, that you know, and you know, the Novus Ordo Mass and and Vatican II was, you know, is the problem. And as a young boy, I was an altar boy. And I can tell you that without a doubt, there was a lot of abuse in the Latin Mass. It shocked mm. me even as a, as a little boy. Wow. So bringing back the Latin Mass isn't going to cure the problem. The smoke of Satan was already in the church. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you wonder how to all... I agree with you on that. Cool. I agree with you on that, that the smoke of Satan was also in the church. One cannot say it wasn't in the SSPX because that was the church. And it, and so, no, no, I agree with you. The smoke of Satan was already in the church. The, the quote of Paul VI um, prior to Vatican II, absolutely. You know, I'm just so tired of of hearing them hearing them say that. I have to admit that I'm not so much into bells and whistles anymore because of all the abuse with them closing down the church and even Orthodox um, priests that in places where I was going closed the church down, wanting everybody to wear a mask and you know fearing the pandemic, and it's been really hard on me. But it's all, all my life I've been hearing this. Just all my mm. life. And I know that we need a legitimate mass that is approved by the Vatican and so on. And I don't think we're going to get any help. I mean, I think that we're in the final test here. But mm-hmm. I just hear that. And, 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 and to say that there was not abuse in the Latin mass is just flat wrong. I know they're not lying. And I, you know, maybe they didn't experience it. But, you know, I could go off story after story. Anyway, I experienced it firsthand. John, I believe you, my dear brother. You're right. I haven't been in the Latin Mass all my life. It's, it's, It's new to me. I actually came into the church through the Novus Ordo, right? And uh, it was years before I was exposed to the Latin rite. I remember the first time I was uh, at a Latin mass. It was actually a private mass by a retired priest who celebrated the Latin mass with permission in a home on the East Coast. And I went. It's the first time I've ever seen it. And at the end of the mass, John, I ran upstairs in the home, found an empty room, closed the door, and sobbed my eyes out to think of what... I didn't have what we were robbed of. Where? Why didn't I know about this? It's beautiful. So I truly, I prefer the Latin Mass because of its reverence and when it's done properly, um, I absolutely prefer it. I think it gives greater honor to God. But uh, the Novus Ordo, as it was initially, as was with Paul VI, is uh, was a lot more reverent. And the Novus Ordo is practiced in churches today. That's a shame. That's a shame. But, um, John, I hear you. I understand it. And um, we have to all, as people of God, clean up our act for sure. Absolutely, including the SSPX um, individually. Um, I've, I've, so there's the music for our break, John. I appreciate your call because we need, we need that perspective. We need to not forget what you're saying. Okay, God bless you, my brother. We'll be right back, everyone, right after the break. Feel free to call in 1-877-511-5483 or email 
at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. This is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Paul tells us we must not conform ourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds and know what is good, pleasing, and perfect. This means that in a culture of death, we learn, as John Paul II wrote in the Gospel of Life, that life is always a good, even when it is beset by weakness and suffering. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, this is our second half hour, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And again, call in with anything at all on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. <clears throat> we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, what does the Catholic Church say about using profanity? Hold on. And she goes on to say, um, excuse me, I just, I just left that. Hold on a moment. Um, she said, I don't mean using God's name in vain, but rather swear words. Rather than providing examples, I'll let you use your imagination, she says. Uh, or he says, I find that sometimes I slip up and use these words when I'm alone out of frustration. I try my best but I certainly have my shortcomings. How serious is this offense in the eyes of God? Um, I'm trying. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm trying to um, 
look up the word profanity. It's it's not used very much in scripture, but um, let me just see here. I'm going to give you a synonym for profanity here from a Merriam-Webster dictionary. Um, curse, cuss, cuss word, dirty word, expletive, four-letter word, obscenity, swear, swear word, vulgarism. It goes on and on. I think that you mean that. Um, um, let me see the look. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm looking at some scriptures, um, but they're not they're not helping us here. Um, my dear one, um, God, um, uh, how do I say it? Abhors profanity because when we use those words, we're really cursing Him. I once did a study of. Um, the the uh, what comes out of the mouth in the book of proverbs what the mouth either kills or gives life and when you um uh i think i think someone just gave i think james just gave let your speech speech be seasoned with grace always when you let profanity come out of your mouth you know our lord says it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks so it's not simply when you say, I find that sometimes I slip up and use these words when I'm alone out of frustration. It's not a slip of the tongue, dear one. It's, it's the picture of your heart. And if no one hears you, do you yet offend God? Yes, you absolutely do. Because you are mirroring what's in your heart. And when you find... Um, when you are alone and frustrated um, that you are using profanity, um, again, you're only showing yourself what is true of your heart. Ask Our Lady, ask Our Lord to help you to, in times of frustration, to turn that frustration over to Him and to bless God and not to curse. My suggestion to you um, if you say, how serious is this offense in the eyes of God? I think it is serious. Um, if, um, my, 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 uh, my dear engineer James has put a few verses up. Ephesians says, Paul, Paul's writing to the Ephesians, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use um, to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Well, if you're alone, you have no hearers, but God is always your hearers. And he wrote to the Colossians, um, now put them all away. And, and Paul wrote his letter, letters to the Colossians and Ephesians from jail while he was in jail, tied up. And so if anyone could have been frustrated, it could have been Apostle Paul. And yet he said, put, put, all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. And Ephesians, um, we already read that, and James says, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brethren, this ought not to be so. Thank you, James. He's a wonderful engineer at uh, the Station of the Cross, just wonderful. Um, so, um, uh, it's the heart that needs to be um, it's the heart that needs to be filled with the love of God. 
dear one. Um, it's serious, again, because it shows you, it, it shows God the state of your heart, but he already knows that. But it grieves him for such words to come from your mouth and from your heart. Use it as a mirror. When you have those words, use it as a mirror. I think I would confess them. They're venial, they're not mortal, but I would confess them. And I would read, if, if you want a suggestion, my dear brother, read the, word, the, the book of Proverbs. And you'll do a, do a it, what I did once years ago, I did a, a list on a paper, I divided it in half and I needed 20 sheets. All the verses um, where the mouth, the lips, the heart give life and all the verses where through the mouth it kills. And it, it might help you. It might help you to be more aware of what comes out of your mouth in frustration because at that moment you are not thinking of God. You cannot curse and think of God at the same time. You can think of God one moment and curse the next, but you cannot put them together at all. And so um, I'd work on that, dear one. You say we all have our shortcomings. I'll stand first in line as far as shortcomings go. Um, but um, you need to work on that. Don't let it continue. Don't don't give in to it. Don't pamper yourself um, it's it's serious, sweetheart, because whether you curse or not, God sees the heart. Man sees the outside. God sees the heart. Ask him to help you to turn cursing and, and slander or anything else into love, into grace, into what is profitable. We have an email from Catherine who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. I'm from uh, Nebraska, but live in Arizona for my health. Please check out the Southern Nebraska Register and the article about Bishop Robert Barron from L.A. giving Bibles to the students in Catholic schools in Wahoon, um, N.E. I don't know if that's New England. I don't know what state that is. I would not read or listen to anything he says. I don't know about these Bibles, but I'm very concerned because of some of what he teaches. Thank you, and please talk about this on your show. Catherine, um, I also am quite concerned about some things that Bishop Barron has taught because they are not true. They are against Catholic teaching. But um, I would simply um, uh, find out what Bibles he's giving out. You can find them out very quickly, just um, giving Bibles. Let's see, from LA giving Bibles to Catholic school in Wahoo, N-E, I don't know what that N-E is, but just um, find out, call the schools, find out, or call his apostolate, um, word on fire, or call the schools and find out what Bible it is. Uh, I'm going to guess it's a, it's a faithful Catholic Bible. I'm going to guess that. But um, if not, um, oh, N-E is Nebraska. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> said that earlier and I forgot. Thank you, James. He's such a sweetheart. Okay, so call Wahoo, Nebraska. Call the Catholic schools and find out what Bible that they're receiving from him. Don't, don't um, you know, um, negate something that's good because of someone who teaches. Um, he's an outstanding communicator. It's, it's just too bad that Father Barron has, um, has taught error in the way he has. 
Um, we have an email from Jennifer who writes, Good evening, Mother Miriam. Just wondering about your thoughts on the writings of Luisa Pecoretta, the Book of Heaven, which is 36 volumes. Thank you and God bless, Jennifer. Jennifer, I have not read uh, the Book of Heaven uh, by Luisa Pecoretta. I've skimmed some of her writings, and I think they're great. Uh, but the church has approved her. Her writings had been in, among the forbidden books for a time, uh, just as uh, St. Faustina was. But no, it's all approved now. So um, I think um, I, I am... I personally totally approve of the writings and life of Luisa Pecoretta because, again, I trust those who trust the church who has approved her and those who have spoken of her. Daniel O'Connor has a new book out, fairly new. I don't know how new it is. I believe it's Daniel O'Connor, and it's um, oh, it's it's on God's will. Something about God's will for your life. Um, I'd have to look it up. But it's Daniel O'Connor on the will of God. Uh, Maybe that's the title, The Will of God. And he greatly includes Louisa Pecoretta. um, And I recommend it. We have a Facebook comment from Heather who says, I took communion twice now without being a baptized Catholic. I did not want to die without taking the bread of Christ. As I know, it is unlikely that I will ever get around to RCIA. I know it is wrong to do, and I do not plan on doing it again. But can you explain why communion is not allowed for non-baptized Catholics? Um, You also said... Okay, yes, I can explain. Because the church wants to protect those, Heather, from a lie. When you receive communion, you are saying you are in communion with the church and what it teaches and belief in the Holy Eucharist. And you say, well, you may believe the Holy Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord, Um there's no other church that believes that except, well, the Orthodox churches that split from the Catholic Church believe that, but no other churches believe it. Um, and it's not, not valid in any other church but the Catholic or Orthodox churches. So to receive communion and not be in communion is simply to lie. When you receive the host, body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ through the church he established on earth. You are saying amen. You do say amen. I am in union with that church. I believe all that the church teaches. And you cannot if you are not Catholic. You cannot if you are not Catholic. So you are committing a very grave sacrilege, Heather, a very grave sacrilege. You are receiving Christ and denying him at the same time. You say, well, I'm not denying him, but you are. If you receive him outside the Catholic Church then you are denying him because if you truly believed, you'd become part of that church and be in a position to receive our Lord. Um, You say you're a non-baptized Catholic, but if you're baptized as a Christian, if you've had a Christian baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinitarian formula, the Catholic Church accepts that baptism. 
So you are baptized. If you've been rightly, correctly baptized as a Christian, then you are baptized. But you still need to enter the one holy Catholic and apostolic church through confirmation, through a right understanding and agreement on your part of what the church teaches. So um, if it's unlikely that you will ever get around in your words to RCAA, it's unlikely you will ever truly love our Lord and be in the church that he's established. You may not receive the Eucharist, Heather. You may not. If it's a matter of getting around to RCAA, then you're not serious about heaven, about eternal life. Um, It's not something we get around to. It's something we put all of life aside to be part of, to enter the church. We don't know that we have tomorrow, Heather. There's no time left for you to do that but today. There's the music for our break. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Feel free to call in or text or email with anything on your heart, and we'll take your calls as soon as we come back. This is a segment about small Catholic innovations that made a huge impact from the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation. There's another saint besides St. Nicholas that shaped Christmas as we know it. St. Boniface was an 8th century bishop sent to catechize German pagans. One of their winter traditions was to decorate an oak tree and perform a pagan ritual around it. Boniface did not approve. He chopped down the oak tree in one fell swoop. Behind the fallen oak was an evergreen. St. Boniface decided to preach about Jesus' gift of eternal life. The Germans were amazed, maybe by this Jack Bishop who chopped down a huge tree in one go, but mostly by Jesus. They put decorated evergreens in their homes to celebrate the birth of Jesus so you can thank Catholic Innovation for Christmas trees. Learn more about what OSV Institute is doing to inspire and encourage Catholic innovation at osvinstitute.com. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Come back. Beloved to Mother Miriam Live, this is our last segment, and you are welcome to call in. We have 10 minutes, um, plenty of time for you to call in if you wish. 
1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. I'm catching up on emails and texts today because I've been gone a few days. We have a text from John who says, I just came back to God after 45 years away. Blessed be God, John. Welcome, welcome, welcome home. I joined a Bible study, he says, a Bible study class, and it seems they are not Catholic. As I asked a question, and they told me something I do not understand, I asked, did Mary have more children other than Jesus? And they told me yes and suggested I read Matthew twelve forty six. I told them a priest told me that Mary only had Jesus, and they said the Catholic Church does not teach that, and they are wrong. How can I tell them they are reading it wrong? Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Um, John... Um, I don't think you should, at this stage of your having come home to the church, fool around with them on this question. Um, they are Protestant. They're either Protestant or think they're Catholic with Protestant minds and understanding. I would leave that Bible study, John. That's number one. Find a good Catholic Bible study, even if you have to do one online. And then I would suggest for you, and you can print out copies of this, simply go to catholic.com, that's Catholic Answers, number one apologetics website in the world, catholic.com, and type into their search box right at the beginning, Perpetual Virginity of Mary. Just type that in, Perpetual Virginity of Mary, and you'll find out what the early church believed, why Mary's perpetual virginity marries, matters, rather, proof of Mary's perpetual virginity in John chapter 9, the case for Mary's perpetual virginity, how to explain the perpetual virginity of Mary, that is to say, she never had children. She's ever virgin. She never had children. Um, and so, um, uh, again, they're either uh, ignorant Catholics or they are Protestants, and I would leave that Bible study. You're not going to be helped in it at all. So, John, God bless you. Look at Catholic Answers. Read what they have on the perpetual virginity of Mary. Print some articles out and give it to that Bible study group, and then find a different group to be a part of. Um, we have a, um, a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, I am an actress, and as you might imagine, I have needed to decline many auditions because the job required the COVID injection. I am sure this was the right choice. Recently, however, <clears throat> recently I was contacted by casting in a reference to a film role on a set which is accepting religious exemption requests. They also mentioned keeping this information on file should I be chosen for future roles with them as well. My question is twofold. It is my understanding that the PCR test might still be required. I'm not sure what that is, PCR. I think that's the test to see if you have COVID. I'm not sure. Which I know now could also be harmful that's what it is, okay, as those nose swabs can penetrate the brain if pushed up hard enough, as some nurses did to me already before I knew better. 
did to me as well. I never took the vaccine, but I remember one nose swab that went up so high, I I couldn't speak, look, see, or function for a few minutes. So unbelievable. I'll never take another test again. And secondly, the major production company could share my information with the Department of Health, which could also be dangerous given what I know of the nefarious plans. In your opinion, should I turn down this job? Yes. Thank you. May our Lord Jesus Christ greatly bless you and keep you safe. Love, a Catholic actress in a dangerous world. That's what you are, dear one. A Catholic actress in a dangerous world. Um... Whether or not uh, you choose um, to uh, allow them to record you as having a religious exemption, that's up to you. I would, I will take no more tests for COVID. I, I agree with you on that. You're putting yourself in danger. I do agree with that. So uh, the decision is yours. But in your situation, I would not. We have an email from Elizabeth who writes, Mother Miriam, I work for a communications firm that serves many Christians, though not all Catholic, clients. Many Christian, though not all Catholic, clients. At times, it feels heretical to post on social media and send email content content that promotes non-Catholic but still Christian figures. One instance involved material on Martin Luther, that made me uncomfortable. Some clients directly shy away or even reject Catholic themes or quotes from popes or saints. I generally feel the work we do is important for promoting a biblical worldview, but this occasional rift bothers me. I don't know if this is a conflict that cannot be fixed or whether I am still serving a good purpose by supporting Christians and their work in general. Thank you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, um, it's your decision here. In your shoes, I would not. Because um, you do have to promote, obviously, what you don't agree with. And as far as a biblical worldview is concerned, they have a truncated and distorted Protestants. Non-Catholic Christians have a truncated and distorted worldview, biblical worldview. The Catholic Church said Martin Luther, he said, if I, if I, if I, if, if, how do I say, he said, I wouldn't have the Bible were it not for the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church gave the world the Bible, and uh, 1,500 years later, Martin Luther single-handedly took out seven books of the Old Testament and uh, would have taken out James and other New Testament had his own followers not uh, fought him on it. So um, if you're going to work for a company that wants to give a biblical worldview, it needs to be a Catholic company. Otherwise, the biblical worldview will be truncated and distorted and filled with error. So Elizabeth, no, I would not do that. If it, if it did not involve your giving out Protestant thinking... That might be, in a different sort of job, that might be one thing. But since it does, and you're posting it um, on, the, on the internet, I would not personally continue in that job. I'm not telling you you're wrong to do it. I think it's a very compromised witness you're giving, if they know that you're Catholic. So I think it's wrong, but you need to make your decision on that, dear one. Um, 
We have a Facebook message from Nicholas who says, What are the good sisters of the Carmelite order to do now that the Holy Father said that they were not allowed to follow their founder's constitution? That is an awful, awful, um, horrible situation. Um, I also want to say demonic because it is, it's absolutely awful. Um, what are they to do now? Um, I, I, I can't answer you that right now offhand. I read a, a very good article, a very bad article, I should say, on, on what the Holy Father is doing to them and has done. Um, and I'm going to try to find that article and read it over the air. What are they to do? Um, I don't know because I don't know exactly how they're responding, so I want to be very careful. I'm not going to throw in my own opinion. I want to see what they're doing and how they're responding. But dear ones, that's a situation to pray for. It is, I believe, demonic. It's awful. So um, pray for the Carmelites and um, live your faith with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Blessed Feast of the Assumption, and we'll speak with you tomorrow, God willing.